welcome to another chapter of Mike's Transportation Journey. Mike's Journey. I'm your host, Michael Carter, and this is my this is my outlet. This microphone, this podcast, this is my outlet to just let my feelings out instead of being depressed, instead of going through anxiety or fighting my inner demons of where I'm at in my life and in my career. I have many blessings to to be thankful for. A roof over my head, clothes on my back, food on my table. A beautiful family, a loving wife of 15 years, two beautiful kids, a son and a daughter. And just God's blessings of where I am. But at times I battle myself of not being happy with where I am in my career. As I spoke previously on on my past uh episodes um currently a driver operator for a transportation company that helps transport people with disabilities and while i enjoy and love helping people especially people with disabilities i am fighting what i didn't think would be i i'm fighting what i didn't think i believe i'd be at with this job, I always thought I'd be working in sports and entertainment, whether if I, I'd still be working with the Nets, you know, either in community relations or marketing or, but maybe that, you know, God had a bigger plan for me. Um, and then, you know, worked in the radio and I loved that industry and just the business overall, just the business overall. But when you have a wife and kids, you got to be, that's your priority. You can't be out, you know at events and networking and movie premieres. You got to take care of your family first and, and raise your children um, to be to be in this world and to help them achieve their dreams. You know, you got to put them first and your priorities, they kind of got to fall back a little bit, but you could still pursue it. But at the same time, you want to see your kids their dreams come into fruition and you want to be able to enlighten them of what the world is about and you want them not to make the mistakes that you made but but to be better than you so while I'm on this transportation journey and and driving people with disabilities one thing I enjoy about it and it's a blessing disguise this job because even though I'm not supposed to be talking to my passengers they talk to me they talk to me about their family, about their kids, about, you know, their friends. And I just listen. I l- just listen and smile because I'm not technically supposed to be talking to my passengers while I have to concentrate driving on the road because talking to your passengers is a distraction. And your number one priority is safety and defensive driving and, you know, getting your passengers to their destination safely. So you got to keep your eyes on the road. And maintain focus, aim high, and, you know, avoid the distractions of going on what's inside the vehicle talking and, you know, just be prepared of what's on the road ahead. You know, people cutting you off, there could be an accident ahead, you just never know. So, you know, may the words that come out of my mouth today speak from my heart. Um, Last week, or I should say maybe it was two weeks ago, I had this interesting gentleman I'm not going to give his name out but um, he suffers from a disability he's got cerebral palsy 
And I've picked him up twice already. And he's such a joy to be in the car with. He always sits in the in the passenger seat. He asked me, can I sit in the passenger seat? Yeah, sure you can. And he always, he just he talks to me. <laughs> and we had a really interesting conversation. And again, I'm not supposed to be talking to the kids. I'm supposed to be driving and not being distracted. But it's just me and him in the car and... You know, he he kind of knows that I'm, you know, he's not supposed to be talking to me, but he's just looking for a friend to talk to. He's looking for somebody to talk to and to treat him as a human being and not look at him or treat him differently because of his disability. And he was asking me, you know, would I... What I, <laughs> this is funny. He asked me, "Would I pick up Enrique Iglesias if he wore sandals?" <laughs> and I tried to keep my answer short because I had to maintain focus on driving. I said, "Yes, I would." And while he was talking to me, I think he was just really trying to get to know me and know the person that I am. He was asking me if I would treat Enrique Iglesias to dinner. If I would pick him up from the airport, if I would let him stay in my house, if I'd let him sleep over, if I would treat him to dinner, you know, he was getting, he just wanted to get to know me. And I answered all the questions, yes, I would, you know, just the type of human being I am, you know, I'm going to open the door and, you know, and invite him to my house, of course, I'd cook for him, if he doesn't want to eat in the house, you know, we go out to dinner, I'll treat, you know, but I'm not going to go to no fancy restaurant, but after a while, and we almost approached um, the, the boy's house, the young man's house, you know, he said to me, and it kind of stuck to me, he said, you know, he has another friend, that his only friend that they talk and they hang out sometimes. And he goes, he's got cerebral palsy, just like me. And I was like, it shocked me because I'm like, wow, he knows what he has. He knows the disability that he has. He, and he said to me, he goes, but he's the only person I can hang out with because he has what I have and nobody else wants to hang out with us. Everybody kind of looks at us, at us differently and treats us differently. And I looked at him, and right before I dropped him off, I said, you're a human being, and you have a good heart, and you have a great personality. And that's why you and your friend have that in common. I said, don't let nobody look at you differently. I said, God loves you, man. And he's like, thanks, Michael. He's like, I'll see you again. And I was like, I'll see you soon, my friend. And as I drove off, I thought to myself, wow, this young man knows his disability. And every day he's got a, he's got a fight ahead of him with his disability and with just having a normal life. But he smiles. He's not down. He, I could tell he makes other people smile around him when he's you know, at, his, at his school. And here I am thinking to myself, you know, I've fallen to depression at times because not being happy with with myself and 
not making the best of my opportunities, not being happy because of my finances. And I used to let that get me down. And I used to look at myself as, you know, my kids look up to me, but at times I'm like, lives I talk to them you know about give them advice and and preach to them about about life and about following their dreams and I make sure that they achieve their dreams and I'm in their life every day and so I try to stay thankful which is the hardest thing because you really don't know what you have until it's gone you really don't know what you have until, unfortunately, when you look at what's going on around you and see that, wow, I got a lot to be thankful for. You know, I, I and like I said, I, I've had a tremendous career experience in working in sports, entertainment. Yeah, the car industry wasn't my thing, but it allowed me to connect with people. Um, you know, I've I read in... You know, the Bible is more than just about having an open heart. And when you have an open heart, God will lead you into into your passion, into your dream, to fulfilling your dream. Because I have all the gifts inside of me. And while I, while I sit here and keep a smile on my face, at times I still got to fight the demons that are inside me about just about a job, just about a career. But there are other people out there who don't have a career. They don't have a job or they're not doing what they love doing. But you got to make the best of the opportunity that's in front of you. And I've done that and I'm doing that. You know, I'm driving a, a sedan right now and part of this job, you have to get your CDL license. I've been with this company, my start date was September. So I've been with them almost three months now. And there are people that have been with the company for a year who are still driving a sedan, and they have not passed their passenger endorsement, general knowledge or endorsement test. I did it within three months. So that speaks a lot of volume to myself about how valuable I am to the company the accomplishment that I achieved, how smart I am, and my my motivation not to quit, or my my hard work ethic. I took the test four times. I took the general knowledge test four times. First time, I failed it. I needed seven points to pass. Second time, I needed two points to pass. Third time, I needed one point to pass. And the fourth time, you guessed it, I passed it. And then I followed that by taking the endorsement test, and I passed that right away. So now I'm on the road to, now I have to uh, study and study about pre-tripping and taking my road test, which is scheduled for December 20th. So... I'm going to be doing all this within a four-month period of being at a new job. And that says a lot. That says a lot. So, if you are 
at a job and you're not happy, you've been there for a while, increase your value. Become something that you can add to your job requirement or add something to your value. That way it will increase your value. Take on something new because you be, you could be surprised that you could you could do it. Once you put your mind to it, you could do anything. And it's so true. <clears throat> it's so true. Once you put your mind to something, you can do it. And before you know it, once you open your heart and you see that you can do all things through him and through just self-determination, self-esteem, self-awareness, you watch what happens. New doors will start opening. There's also been another situation that I, I, I've recently been, been in at my job, and it's kind of eye-opening. So last week, I had to drop off, I had to pick up a passenger and drop her off at a dialysis center. Now, this dialysis center, you know, from my understanding, is new. It's just been there a few months. Now, my mobile data transmitter said, it said the address, and in the remarks it said uh, DeVita, which is the dialysis place. And, it's you know, it gave the, the, the street name, the city. So, when using the GPS, the GPS said it's on the right. On the right-hand side is an ice cream place. So, I drive around, look for it again. And then I asked the two gentlemen if they know where this address was. They didn't know where it was. So, lo and behold, I drive around again, and I look in front of me, and I see one of our paratransit buses entering into a plaza. So something tells me this is the place. So I drive into the plaza, and and I as I drive into the plaza, I no longer see the paratransit bus. So now I'm in front of the plaza, and there's a there's a valley mall I think, and then there's a gym, and the mailbox says the street number. So I radio into my dispatch and I say, you know, is the DeVita place inside this mall? She comes back and says, yes. It's next to a gym. Next to a gym, there's nothing there. So as I'm saying this, as no, as the lady's saying this, she said, I said, okay, I see the number, the street number on the mailbox. So after I hit the arrive button, I let the customer out. I let the passenger out. But before she gets out, I notice her shoelace is untied. This lady is visually impaired. She's walking with a cane. I said, ma'am, hold on. Let me just tie your shoes. You know, your shoelace is untied. She goes, oh, no, I can't have that again. I'm, I don't want to fall no more. So I couldn't let this lady, somebody's grandmother, somebody's mother, just Go and walk with her shoelace untied. God forbid she trips. Who knows what would happen? Even though, again, and this is what kind of irks me about this job is I'm not technically supposed to do that because, you know, what if she fell as she was getting out? It could have been my fault. You know, 
it, it's just, I don't know. I'm not really supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to just let the lady walk off with her shoe untied. Or So she walks off and she goes through the double doors and I'm saying to the my dispatcher that, you know, the lady's, the lady have, you know, she's already entered through the door. She says, well, the place is in the rear of the building. I said, well, should I stop and get her and bring her back in? She goes, no, she's already out. You already hit the perform button. She says, I'll just put in the remarks. You know, driver did not see sign of of DeVita place drop passenger off in front of building. So now I'm, I'm, I'm saying to myself, something's not right. And as I, I watched the lady walk in through the double doors, I said, you know what, let me just see where this DeVita place is at. Because it says 480, so I dropped her off in the front entrance, but the remarks said DeVita. It didn't say anything else. So I drive around, and long and behold, it's in the rear of the building. In the rear of the building. Not the front, not the side, in the rear of the building. And no description was given. And there's no signage there either in the front of the building because it's a brand new place. So after a while, a few hours go by. It's all of 7 o'clock. I'm picking up one of my last passengers. And I get a call from dispatch saying, you know, the lady hasn't been found. Where'd you drop her off at? So now, now I'm frantic in my mind. You're telling me this as I'm going to pick up another passenger. And I'm explaining to my my dispatcher, my ranger, I dropped her off in the front, of the, in front entrance. I watched her walk through the double doors. And I'm saying, why would you say this to me as I'm going to pick up another passenger as I'm on the road? Now, as a caring person about their job, a caring person about the people they picks up, you're f- I'm frightened now. I'm, I'm frightened. This is somebody's grandmother. This is somebody's mother who is now possibly lost and can't be found. So I'm praying to God, you know, Lord, please let them find this lady. Please surround her with your angels and, and let this lady be found. So an hour goes by, I don't hear nothing. I'm ready and ask them if they can give me an update. Nobody gets back to me. Then all of 8.30, I get a call as I'm dropping off a passenger. They're saying, Michael, when you get back to base, we need you to write up what happened with your passenger. I said, okay, no problem. I get back, and as soon as I get in, they're asking me, Michael, did you see a signage in the front? I said, no, I didn't. I go over everything that I explained during the situation, and I have to write it up. After I write it up, I go look at my timesheet and see what time I have to come in for the next day. And I says, come in at 1240. Next day, I go in, I go to punch in, and they says, Mike, you're on DNS. Do not schedule. I said, why? They said, because they're reviewing the situation that happened. So now Saturday, I'm not working. Sunday, I'm not working. All because of a misinformation given by the companies. There was no nothing in the remarks that said drive to rear building. Nothing that said pick up, drop off in rear building. And 
you know, I'm sitting at home worrying, like, I could possibly be suspended without pay. You know, this is going to affect my check and provide for my family. But God works in mysterious ways. Because at that time, I wound up taking my son to go play basketball. He loves basketball. He wants to, you know, be a professional basketball player. Funny how life works, right? I used to be a ball boy. And here I am, you know, practicing a few drills with my son, shooting drills and dribbling drills. But as soon as we got to the park, there was a lady there who was just so surprised at seeing a father and son at a basketball court. As soon as we walked on the court, she wanted to take a picture. She was like, oh, my God. She was like, this is just beautiful. This is beautiful. She was like, she took a picture. And she told my son, she was like, you're a natural. She was like, you're going to be good, son. And she was like, I am so so happy to see a father and son together at the basketball court. And I sent it to my mom, and she's like, you know, you never know who's observing you. You never know. You know, there are people out there just, you know, people out there that want to make the world a better place. You just don't know who's observing. And these past two days have been really fun, just to spend with my wife, my kids, my nephews. And maybe God, you know, he wanted me to spend some time with my family because I always work a lot. He wanted me to sit down and even get closer to him and listen to his word about uprooting myself, about having faith, about not letting evil stuff or stuff like this situation get the best of best of me and change my attitude my perception about life and about people so these past few days I had to grow I had to grow within myself I had to grow within my spirit and really just take a step back and look at you know what in a position right now where it's a guaranteed job. You never know who's watching you, who's observing you about the good things that you are doing in life and for for others. And you never know where this door can open up to next. So I'm thankful I'm still learning, but I'm very appreciative, and I'm not going to give up my dream, and I hope that, and I pray that my inner being, my inner, my inner beliefs become my outer expression. And that I continue to treat others with love. I continue to grow and become greater than what I am. And that I never will stop believing in him. And I'll never stop believing in me. And I know there's more for me to achieve. And with that, 
my kids will look at me and they will become even greater than me. This has been another episode of Mike's journey, Mike's transportation journey. Still haven't solidified a name, but if you're out there listening, thank you. And God bless. Till next time.